Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Dickey's is a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Enjoy Dickey's Fall Off the Bone Ribs, Smoked Brisket, and other great meats smoked every day in-house. Dickey's caters any event, large or small, so the next time you have something planned, let Dickey's do the cooking. Be sure to visit the home team next to the Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Dickey's, smoked here, loved everywhere. Got a good show for you today. Southern Miss taking on South Alabama to uh, tomorrow night. In uh, Pete Taylor Park, we'll have J.D. Byers on, who is the voice of uh, the Jaguars. He'll be joining us later on in the show. Bob will uh, should be back uh, to talk with us third and, and fourth segment about some baseball and NCAA basketballs. Now the final four has been solidified. But as always, uh, Monday we have head coach Scott Berry to come on and talk to us uh, this week about the series uh, just as they have got home from uh, San Antonio. Coach, uh, kind of a rough Monday, but we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, Luke. Uh, you know, could have been a lot rougher, too. We lost yesterday, so <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But, yeah, heartbreaker on Saturday that, you know, we could have easily uh, and should have won. Uh, that would have, uh, you know, with yesterday's win would have won us the series. But it didn't, so we move on. And we're 2-2 two and two since the last time we talked. Let's talk about. Let's go back to Tuesday night, Coach. Uh, Nickel State five to nothing. Uh, it was a pretty cool venue to play in. Uh, were you pleased with that performance on Tuesday? Yeah, I really was. You know, tough time, uh, tough, tough night to hit. You know, from a hitter standpoint, wind blowing in really strong, probably fifteen to twenty miles an hour straight in from left. So, you know, it was it was a pitcher's night uh, for sure. Uh, runs were at a premium, and but we did a lot of things well. You know, started on the mound with Jared Wright covering four innings and only giving up a couple of hits and no runs, obviously. And the bullpen coming in and, and pitch, pitching really efficiently once again and, uh, you know, being able to shut out uh, Nickel State. Of course, you know as well as I do, if you can pitch a shutout, you're going to win every time. So, uh, And that's what we were able to do. Had some big, timely hits there in that game. Bryant Bowen uh, with a big uh, uh, when we were up three to nothing. But they're late in the game. I think it was in the eighth inning. He had a two two out two RBI uh, hit that really just kind of uh, uh, you know sealed the deal for us in that game. Moving on to the series down in San Antonio, a game was going pretty good Friday, Coach, and then uh, UTSA had a big fifth and 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 a big sixth, and just couldn't really recover from that. No, we couldn't, you know, and uh, really, really faced a, a young man in uh, Patel, their Friday night guy, who uh, who was really dominant that night. You know, we we had faced him six times prior in his career, 
And, um, you know, we, he, the, his longest outing, I think, was four and two thirds up to that point on Friday. But certainly a young man who, uh, can, has continued to get better with his career, like we see a lot of, uh, young baseball players do and hope they do. And unfortunately, you know, he, he was really dialing it in on Friday against us, you know, up to 93. Uh, with a lot of arm side on that, on the fastball and a, and a really quick breaking ball and just really never gave us a good look at anything, honestly. Uh, Luke, you know, we only had a couple of hits and one run off him and, uh, you know, he ended up with nine strikeouts and, and two walks. So, you know, we didn't do enough in that game to, uh, certainly win it and, uh, got it handed to us 12 to two. And, uh, you know, uh, so we, uh, we had to try to recover. On Saturday and, and played really well. The old saying, the hardest out in the game of baseball is the last one, and that proved to be that way on Saturday. It took a five to three lead, I believe it was, going into uh, into the last inning, and uh, man, just could not could not seal the deal with that. And it was uh, a, a well played game. I felt like on our on our part, but you know, it's not over till it's over, and uh, certainly proved to be that way. On Saturday, uh, in in the in the Roadrunners' favor. Talk about Sunday's game, coach, and then we'll come back and talk about some specific players and plays throughout uh, the series. Your your Golden Eagles uh, erupted kind of like what UTSA did Friday yesterday. The Eagles erupted for uh, eight runs in the seventh and the eighth, and it was good to see them respond yesterday uh, to that heartbreaker on Saturday the way they did. Well. You're right. Anytime you're sitting there faced to, uh, you know, with, with the possibility of getting swept, it's never a good feeling. Certainly the message after the game on Saturday, there wasn't any yelling or anything like that. I mean, because, uh, like I said to Cox on the, on the post game, you know, hell, everybody's heartbroken over this thing. I mean, it's not, you know, it isn't like we went out to try to do it, but what we got to do is figure out a way to, to, um, salvage one game. And uh, otherwise, it's going to be a, a terrible plane ride home on Sunday. And I, I was just glad that our guys came out and responded. You know, we, we started a true freshman again and Gabe Shepard, who's going to be a very good pitcher for us. And we're trying to groom him for that spot. Uh, you know, having Stevie Powers out uh, again this weekend, you know, left, left a little bit of hole in our starting pitching as far as that goes. But, you know, I thought Shepard, Went out and outside of the two guys he hit there uh, in uh, in that inning. You know he pitched pitched really well. You know he goes two and two thirds, only four hits, three strikeouts, no walks, but he did two, have two hit batters. But you know the guy that stepped up so big for us on the mound in in relief has been Sean Tweedy, and he did it again uh, on Sunday when we needed a, a big momentum stop for us, and he came in and covered two and a third innings, only giving up one hit. Struck out one, walked one, but did a ter- ter- tremendous job for us there. Got a little shaky next few guys, but real proud of how our offense continued to uh, to pour it on even after uh, San Antonio hit us for four after we scored four. You know, we went right back and, and scored a, scored another four, I believe it was. So uh, hats off to, to our offense. Uh, after the game, I told them, I said, you know, many times we've seen the – the, the pitching carry us and give our offense an opportunity to win games. Some we have, some we haven't. But you know, today it was a day where our pitching didn't show up like we like we needed it to or wanted it to. But our offense was the one that showed up and carried us on that. 
You talk about your pitching, uh, you know, keeping you in, in a game. I thought really maybe the the, the performance of the week was uh, Mason Strickland. Man, he came in and gave you six innings, Coach, on Saturday and put you guys in that opportunity to possibly win. He sure did. You know, and I'll be honest there, in the top or bottom of the ninth, when he goes back out there, uh, there was a couple of uh, questionable ball strike calls that didn't go our way that, you know, I felt like the he really did strike the guy out, and it, it led the inning off with a walk. So, you know, but that's part of baseball. But, you know, you're right. Uh, Mason, once again, comes in in relief and, uh, and and gives us an opportunity and, and probably should have walked away with that win. But it didn't happen. But um, certainly it'll build confidence in him and in our team around him the next time that he, uh, he takes them out for us. Offensively, Walner um, uh, got back. I think he was somewhere around five for eleven, six for eleven for the weekend. Uh, he had a couple good guys. LeBlanc and McGillis had a really good day yesterday. Danny Lynch um, got some some big hits. I think on Saturday. Uh, talk about the the hitting this weekend. Yeah, you know, I think well, the first two games, you know, the top of our order um, did not fare very well at all. As a matter of fact, I think going into yesterday's game. The top four hitters, uh, our first four hitters, were one for thirty in those first two games, uh, and that was that was really the difference maker. The the, uh, the back end of our order is the one that really kind of performed the best this weekend. But yesterday we were able to recover, and uh, you know we had some really good good at bats. Gidry was two for six uh, yesterday with a couple RBIs. Slater two for four. You know he got back on track. Uh, I thought. I thought Bryant Bowen, honestly, was the position player of the weekend for us, guy that in Cole Donaldson's absence that wasn't available to play the whole weekend. Uh, you know, Bowen gets back there, haven't haven't had a lot of time behind there, you know, kind of sparingly just uh, relieving Cole every now and then. But we call on him to catch three games, and that's exactly what he did. And offensively, he continued to swing the bat and, and produce, uh, produce a really good at-bats for us. So, he to us, he to me, he was the leader, uh, position player wise, and, and the guy that really uh, that led us. Walter had a lot better weekend this weekend. Hopefully, he's getting on track. And, and like you said, Danny Lynch, uh, you know, I thought he performed very well on Saturday. Had two big backside singles to score runs in in, in that loss, but really to put us up, uh, had a double to lead it off one inning. So very proud of him and, and, and his his uh, weekend. And then yesterday, LeBlanc, we put him in the DH spot. He responds. Uh, he's on base four times, uh, two hits, scores four runs, three RBIs. Uh, you know, so the guy really gave us a lot of spark there. Coach, we appreciate your time. We know you will uh, have the Eagles ready tomorrow night to take on South Alabama. Best of luck to you this week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Luke. Coach Scott Berry, head baseball coach for Southern Miss. We will be back with J.D. Byers of the South Alabama Jaguars and uh, get ready for tomorrow night's game at the Pete. More Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank head coach Scott Berry for joining us in that first segment. Eagles 
look to bounce back from that series loss to UTSA. Talk more about tomorrow night's game in just a minute. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located online at campusbookmark.net, the number one place to go for everything you need to cheer on, the black and gold, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, across the street from the USM campus. Or, of course, you can check them out online also, campusbookmark.net. Well, the Eagles look to rebound tomorrow night and Coming into Pete Taylor Park is South Alabama, and happy to join us now, J.D. Byers with South Alabama. Joins us on the phone. J.D., what's up, man? Man, it's uh, beautiful here in Mobile, Alabama. I'm sure the same in Hattiesburg. I hope it's this way tomorrow night. I do, too, but, man, this wind could die down just a little bit, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't I, that, uh, that baseball series you guys had, was, was that in San Antonio? It was in San Antonio. Yeah, we were we were in uh, the Dallas Arlington area as well, so we just came back from Texas, and uh, gosh, it was windy there as well. Hopefully, uh, you know when 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 the wind gets blowing in Pete Taylor, uh, you know if if it's a gust straight out, we might see several home runs tomorrow night. But talk to us about this South Alabama Jaguar Club, twelve and fourteen on the year. But man, you guys have played some stiff competition. It's not going to get any easier, and it starts with you guys heading to Southern Miss tomorrow night, 6 p.m., and then got to turn right around and go to Baton Rouge and uh, head to Alex Box on Wednesday night. That's a makeup game. We had a, a game bang due to weather uh, and moved to April 3rd. Uh, and then got to come back in and play Coastal Carolina. And I think a lot of people are familiar with our uh, Sunbelt Conference leader in the East, Coastal, the uh, national champs, was it two years ago? Uh, and yeah. uh, they're, they're playing really, really good this year. The Shauna Clears, their head coach, just got to 1,200 wins and uh, very eager to, to, to get victory. So it, it's not going to get any easier for the Jags, plus a road trip coming up to Mississippi State and then uh, turning right around and going down to Louisiana Lafayette. It's uh, it's a ten game uh, stretch. Southern Miss is the bookends on on either side, but yeah, I mean, you you guys schedule people like us. But talk about it for a minute. This South Alabama club, this South Alabama program, you guys, man, have have uh, become a a contender uh, every single year. You're you're in regionals uh, about every single year, and man, have gathered a lot of national respect from uh, from what your club produces year in and year out. Yeah, you know, I think it's respect, but it, it's kind of help too when uh, you got somebody regionally close, uh, and you get uh, you know somebody like in Alabama who says, "Yes, sure, we'll come to Mobile for three games." Because at the end of the year, what it can do for your RPI, uh, especially on the road, and then uh, Auburn as well is always happy to do a home and home. Usually, Mississippi State's a home and home. This year, it's just a game at Starkville. Uh, so I think we help a lot of folks, uh, as you know, it's vice versa. But uh, with with the RPI help, a, a good strength of schedule that. That only helps that, and uh, historically being a solid program, you know, iron sharp, iron sharpens iron, and, and it's always makes it fun to watch too. When we get those good games and good opponents at our place. When everybody thinks of South Alabama for the last several years, thought about Travis Swaggerty. What's life been without Swaggerty? Uh, you know, in his first year in, in professional baseball, tell us some guys that have replaced him and, and the hitters to look for tomorrow night in the South Alabama lineup. Yeah, you know, we haven't replaced him uh, far from it. You know, we've got guys out there, but it's been a big loss. Uh, pretty much our entire outfield's new. Half the infield is expected to be new, but really it's, uh, you know, two-thirds of it now with new second baseman. Uh, so only the first baseman really is a returnee than the catcher. But in the outfield, we lost Swaggerty uh, dead away. We lost Hardy, who's a minor leaguer now out in left field. 
Uh, lost a great third baseman uh, who's also now a minor leaguer. Brendan Donovan was just so solid here. Across, he was a four-year kid. Uh, then we, you know, we lost a shortstop prior to last season, a freak injury, a, a foul tip ball to the eye. He's now a college coach. He was able to recover. So a lot of a lot of new faces. And you know, right off the the, the start of the season, it was remarkable how these freshmen did respond. Uh, Ethan Wilson came in with uh, a guy who never played travel baseball, kind of flew under the radar. We got him out of Andalusia, Alabama. Uh, was offered a contract out of high school, uh, but as far as being highly recruited by the colleges, you know. It, wasn't really there. He comes out and just uh, was slugging over 700 through about the first 15 games. He's been in a bit of a slump. He tended to break out of it over the weekend, but he had gone 23 at bats without a hit, over five games without a hit. Um, then you got Wells Davis, who's a veteran. He's a senior from from your guys' side of the state line. He's from up in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, a first baseman who swings the bat, and uh, you know he, he had a lot of hits last weekend. Uh, a, a lot of strikeouts early in the year, but but he's a guy that's not going to sit at 200 long. He's probably going to be hovering at 300 or better by the end of the season, and he's also a leader for this program. Pitching wise, uh, have you have you had definite starters, or has it kind of been just kind of a mixed bag like so many teams are this time of year? Well, we, we've had what we've had, and the, the same three have been on the weekend. We mixed up Friday went Saturday, Saturday went Friday this week. Uh, we had a true freshman starting on Friday. And uh, the first five outings, he looked like he could be all-conference. And then uh, the last two, he's, he's had some trouble finding the strike zone and was pulled after two-thirds on Saturday, gave up five runs in the first inning and struggled really bad against UT Arlington on the road. Uh, JoJo Booker was a guy that was uh, offered a really big contract out of high school. He went uh, and, and foregoed all that to play college. He touches 95 miles per hour, but he's trying to develop some other pitches. Caleb Yarbrough is a lefty that goes on weekends, uh, and he's a, a year removed from Tommy John surgery. So uh, our, our midweeks are, are still kind of up in the air. I think Jared Proctor has solidified himself as a midweek, and you may see him tomorrow night at your place. Yeah, it's we were uh, the last few midweek games. We've Southern Miss has thrown six or seven guys, and fans sometimes don't understand. You know, these coaches are like, "Man, we got to get our guys bullpens in the middle of the week." And so you see a kid throw three or four innings, and then you just kind of you know see them one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning. It's always interesting how those midweek uh, situations pan out, isn't it? Yeah, and you hope it's in a good situation where you're up in a game so you can get that ten. Some experience where the world's not on their shoulders. You can come in and, hey, look, we're up five, six runs. If you give up one or two or put a guy on base, it's not the end of the world. If you, if you get a, a wild pitch or two, don't don't uh, don't mail it in on us yet. Let's get you some experience, get you in there. But but then again, if it's a, if it's a loss midweek, it is what it is. And if it's on the road, get them in. A road loss against the high RPI team doesn't totally kill your situation. But uh, we do need more help out of our pen right now, uh, and that's not just the. Uh, the newcomers, I'm talking uh, freshmen all the way to the upperclassmen, the, the pins kind of get tougher for the Jags. Looking at, you know, the Sun Belt this year, Coastal Carolina's always up there, but man, there's some some uh, guys that usually would be up top struggling a little bit. Uh, Lafayette's oh. struggling um, a little bit, but Arkansas State really jumped out almost 20 wins already. Yeah, uh, a surprise too. Tommy Rappo, I got to put him up in the tops of the college coaching ranks. He's just a totally great, great guy, solid coach. He's got a lot of experience. He's an old Mississippi State fella uh, that was an assistant under a legend. Uh, and now he's at Arkansas State. Uh, he's got a guy that's a preseason all Sun Belt Conference guy at first base. 
And they went on the road this weekend and shocked, I think, the entire league. They knew they were good, but they were about to find out if they were good or not, and they go to Coastal Carolina in Conway and take two of three from the Shauna Clears. Wow. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, J.D., I know you got to get to a presser, man, but uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Look forward to hosting the Jags tomorrow night at 630. Have a great day, and thanks for being on the Eagle Hour. We'll see you at Pete Taylor Park. That's J.D. Byers with uh, South Alabama, and uh, they're, they've got a press conference. I think they're unveiling some uh, new stadium stuff uh, down in Mobile, so he had to get there. But, yeah, tomorrow night at 6.30, South Alabama comes. Uh, starters for uh, both teams have not been mentioned yet. But we go back to this weekend, and you look at you know what happened down in, in, in UTSA, and Eagles just had a really difficult time. Walker Powell uh, gives up uh, – a couple more runs than what he usually does on, on Friday. And then they just really blew it open, nine runs uh, in the fifth and sixth, and Eagles couldn't recover. And, you know, there, there's been uh, a few games this year, like Saturday's went. You remember uh, game three of the Mississippi State Series where the Eagles had uh, the opportunity and, and a State walked it off in, um, in the bottom of the ninth. And so you, you got to think that some of those games like that uh, will will prepare the Eagles for situations down. It's always tough to lose a series. I think this is the only only the second maybe series that the Golden Eagles have lost in the last two and a half seasons. So Eagles looking to rebound tomorrow night at 630 um, at Pete Taylor. And then, of course, this weekend, uh, and I just got a text actually from Coach Barry. So I know Coach Barry's listening. I, I said wrong. I was actually looking at a later date. It's 6 p.m. tomorrow night. 6 p.m. I was actually looking at that April 16th game, but tomorrow night at Pete Taylor Park, 6 p.m. against South Alabama. And, uh, looks like, uh, and I'm getting the thumbs up again from Coach Barry. So that's good. 6 p.m. tomorrow night. And then, of course, this weekend, hosting Marshall at home. So Golden Eagles really looking to respond uh, back and and to to win another series. So appreciate J.D. joining us. And uh, Bob should be showing up here in just a, a minute. So we're going to talk a little NCAA basketball. Uh, some more thoughts from this weekend. Uh, and it was really good to see the Eagles in the way they did on uh, Sunday with an offensive uh, performance uh, even later in the game. So Golden Eagles, uh, sometimes it just sway the cookie crumbles. You've got to bounce back. And I'm sure they will. More Eagle Hour right after this on Super Talk Mississippi. Thank J.D. Byers from South Alabama joining us in that last segment, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great plate lunches, great shrimp po' boys, Philly cheesesteaks. Go check them out. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, we have located the big deal himself, Bob Getty, now joins us. Bob, what's up? How you doing, Luke? Happy Monday. 
Happy Monday. Um, I, I would tell you um, that something, I don't know, really, really good happened, but it would probably just be an April Fool's prank. What, what's the best April Fool's Day prank that's ever been pulled on you, Bob? Well, I'll tell you one that I heard today. I uh, My wife called me and said that someone had just told her that on Facebook, the news broke that Mark Cuban had bought the New Orleans Saints and he was moving them to San Antonio, Texas. I was hoping to spread. I was hoping to throw that one on you, Luke, but um, oh. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't since you brought up April Fool's Day. And and in order to play off the uh, the time they had this weekend, the Saints will be hiring John Cox and Jack Duggan in order to uh, do play by play in the middle of that rabid fan base. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Well, if I missed the first segment though, when you were interviewing Coach Perry. Uh, he may have addressed this, but I've had a number of guys ask me uh, since Saturday why I thought that on the, in the Saturday game with a 5-3 league going into the ninth inning that the staff chose not to use J.C. Keys to close the game. Did he by any chance mention that to you? Uh, we, we tried to stay above the fray. It was a sore Monday, so we uh, we kind of tried to talk the positives. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, he, he, he did mention the fact that Mason Strickland, there was a couple of balls that uh, he, he thought should have been called strikes that would have prevented that leadoff walk. But, yeah, really no comment on whether or not Keys should have come in. What's your thinking about that? I mean, I thought they I thought they should have brought in Ock before they brought in Stanley. That was the only question I had, the little head-scratcher I had. But, I mean, you know, I, I trust what Oz and them do. Uh, you know, J.C. did come in, I believe, on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, Oz knows what those guys throw. He sees them every day. And but right. and it, it, my, my philosophy, Ock got brought in, and, you know, he gave up the, the single. So it is what it is. Right. You know, overall, 2-2 two and two for the week. I, th- I think the biggest disappointment was the way the team played Friday night. But I guess those kind of things just happen in baseball. And I'm sure what Coach Berry and the staff thinks is, you know, now you've got to forget about those. You've got a tough South Alabama team. You have to play tomorrow night. And then uh, you entertain Marshall. So you just have to, you have to move ahead. And I think you have to take it a game at a time, right? Yeah, you're just heartbroken after a Saturday. It was one of those you felt like uh, with the way you played yesterday that you know you could have got a series win after you know how tough a Friday's game was. The positive that I took away was that we 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 have guys that didn't fold. They didn't fold. They they refused to get swept, and they they really shone. And especially late in the game, you put up eight runs in the seventh and eight inning. I mean, that's the way you respond to a heartbreaking breaking loss on Saturday. And I just think you know that different guys are producing at different times. And and coach made the comment, you know, the top half of the order really didn't do much. It was the bottom half of the order. Bowen continues to impress. LeBlanc had a big day yesterday. McGillis too. So it's it's just kind of a, sometimes it's kind of a crapshoot about you know uh, who's going to be hot that. Day, uh, but you know, you look at it. The other aspect to it, you got twelve or thirteen guys that can uh, perform. You know, in any given day. Well, that's right. You got some young kids on the field. You playing freshman at shortstop at third base. Had a freshman pitching late in the game uh, Saturday afternoon. So that was a third of your ball team on the field in that spot were freshmen. So I think that speaks well for the future of the program. Hey, while I'm here with you, I got to ask you if you saw. What I think was the most exciting basketball game I have ever seen in my life, the Purdue-Virginia game Saturday. 
It was unbelievable, and, and I didn't think anything could top the Purdue-Tennessee game from the day before. Yeah, it was crazy exciting, and what a performance. Well, wasn't that one of those games, Luke, where you find yourself thinking, it's kind of an old saying, but you did find yourself thinking, yeah, I just hate to see either one of these teams lose. Both, both teams are so good and playing so hard. Uh, it's a shame that they had to play each other, but how exciting has the uh, big dance been this year, Luke? It's been exciting, and it's been exciting in a different way because when you look at the Sweet 16, you had a 12 and a 13 uh, with Oregon and, and uh, UC Irvine. Uh, I'm sorry, you had Oregon that got in with a 12, but you really didn't have anybody else that got in. So everybody, else, it was like it was it was the big boys. This is really the first year that it's been a, you know, the 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 Dukes, the Michigan States, um, you know, the the twos and threes were playing each other. So now in in the final four, uh, you got a one, you got a two. You got a five in Auburn, but but Texas Tech is a team that I thought could could do really well, and now they're in the Final Four. So it was a Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight, where it was uh, you know big time programs playing big time programs. The the most heartbreaking for me that I watched this weekend was when Virginia Tech lost to Duke. The the poor senior, he had a tip in, they played it right, and he just like airballed uh, the the layup, and that was one of the toughest ones to me and. Watching Michigan State pull out it on Duke yesterday uh, was was really good. I was all I was heartbroken because North Carolina and both Gonzaga um, got uh, got eliminated. But you know Auburn makes it to the Final Four without their uh, without their big guy. And the question is, uh, you know what are what are Crimson Tide fans going to do this week? I can already hear what they're going to say, but I mean <laughs> Auburn's in the Final Four. Yeah, for the first time ever, and beat some really good teams to get there. So. Who's to say what will happen? However, you know, you kind of wonder if, if the huge layoff crowd doesn't tend to cool off the team like an Auburn. Hey, I think it's fair to say might be playing a little above their head when you, when you, and they're a talented team, but when you look at their talent, maybe compared to a Virginia or a team like Michigan State, uh, you think that maybe they're not quite as talented as does. Does the layoff, uh, does the layoff affect you? In some ways, yeah, but you know, late in the late in the uh, late in the year, you're just kind of doing stuff, uh, you know, out of out of memory and, and out of routine. When you look at Auburn's path to the Final Four, I, I'm not sure, at least name wise, if there's ever been one like this. You beat New Mexico State by one in in the first round, and that was that's always a dangerous New Mexico State. Then what do you do? You put out Kansas, you put out North Carolina, and you put out Kentucky. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's quite a few names to put on your resume, would you say? It sure is. It's uh, you know you look at their path, and now uh, they're matched up. Um, they're playing Virginia, I believe, and so you uh, play. They play the early game on on Saturday, but yeah, it, it was. It's an exciting tournament. It it always is, and uh, it was just a little different this year because you had less uh, lower seeds, you know, get into uh, get into the Sweet Sixteen. But anyway, turn the page back to baseball tomorrow night. Uh, 
South Alabama comes in. No Travis Swaggerty this year. They've been kind of up and down. But you you talk about Auburn's path to the NCAA, Bob. I don't know if you heard me talking to JD, but this is uh, South Alabama's next ten games at Southern Miss, at LSU, three game home series against Coastal Carolina, at Mississippi State, at Lafayette for three, and then Southern Miss on April sixteenth. It doesn't get much tougher than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all in any in stretch. Much than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wonder uh, if if our schedulers had been talking to their schedulers, but you know, it's they're they're twelve and fourteen on the year. Um, but I was looking at you know this Sun Belt. Some of these uh, perennially good teams uh, are, are are struggling this year, and like Arkansas State in the Sun Belt, you know they're 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 leading it. Coastal Carolina is always up there. What do you think the Golden Eagles got to do this week uh, to bounce back and, and to win tomorrow night and to uh, get a series win against Marshall? Well, I think they've got to get back to what they were doing during the winning streak, and I think that they got to pitchers got to keep the ball down. You got to keep the other team from put a lot of runs on the board, and you got to kind of hit in timely situations. I think one thing that may have plagued the team some this year in their losses, not so much that they couldn't hit the ball, but they couldn't hit the ball when they really needed a hit. When they had people left on base, when a hit would have produced a run, maybe two runs. And then you and I have talked a lot about this, and this race is definitely here Saturday afternoon, Luke, and those are errors. Those are miscues, defensive miscues, and so uh, you know, I think overall the pitching has been well. It's got maybe a little, a little beat up this weekend, but overall I think pitching has done pretty well. Team uh, like we were hitting the ball again, got back to hitting the ball yesterday. But I was going to narrow it down to one thing: I keep going back to those errors. Uncharacteristic, I think, and I'd like to get your input on this. Just uncharacteristic. How many errors defensively the Golden Eagles are making this year? Yeah, they are, but it's it's kind of a you know a mixed bag. You lead twelve on base yesterday. You commit three errors, and you still win by eight runs. So what had been plaguing us, you know, really didn't hit us yesterday. But yeah, you you got to clean up that stuff. Hey, Bob, thanks for joining us, man. We're up against the break, so uh, we'll catch you later this week. Take it easy. So Bob Big Deal Getty, the man himself, uh, appreciate him joining us this afternoon, and we'll catch up with him a little later this week. We'll close out the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi. Also online at cartersjewelry.com. Be sure to check them out on social media also on Facebook and Instagram. They always have on social media posted the newest items in the shop. And always remember, Carter's Jewelry proudly carries that SMTTT jewelry line carter's jewelry proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the eagle hour luke johnson and dalton stanford from the first bank studios in hattiesburg in beautiful downtown laurel I want to thank bob getty and jd byers 
and Coach Scottberry for joining us. Eagles back out uh, tomorrow night at the Pete at 6 p.m. to take on the South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, if you uh, missed a little earlier in the show, we were talking to Coach Barry and Golden Eagles dropped two out of three uh, to UTSA. Drop Friday night's game twelve to two. Saturday's game six to five in the bottom of the ninth, and then rebounded with a fourteen to six victory yesterday. Golden Eagles are seventeen and eight overall, and seven and two in Conference USA. Just to bring you uh, the rest of the league, what happened this weekend? Marshall took two out of three uh, against Middle Tennessee. Western Kentucky uh, took two games over Charlotte and then a a 13 to 13 tie up in Bowling Green and you know they have to tie sooner or later somebody's got to get home and uh, they went uh, I think they uh, they went to 13 innings and I mean they went to through nine innings but 13 to 13 33 hits in that game uh, so Western Kentucky wins the series but they tie Game three. Rice swept Old Dominion. Louisiana Tech swept UAB. FAU swept FIU. And then UTSA took uh, two games to one series over Southern Miss. So your Conference USA baseball standings today. Florida Atlantic in first place at 8-1. and one. Western Kentucky in second place with a 7-1-1 and one record. Golden Eagles in third now with 7-2. and two. Marshall at 6-3. and three. Louisiana Tech and UTSA tied five and four. Rice and Middle Tennessee at four and five. Charlotte three five and one. FIU two and seven. And then rounding out Old Dominion and UAB at one and eight. So you look at who the Golden Eagles have this weekend. Marshall's in uh, fourth place at six and three. And Golden Eagles uh, with Marshall defeating Middle Tennessee two games to one this weekend. Golden Eagles looking uh, to to get a series win and to get back up to the top of Conference USA softball uh, this weekend was taking on Marshall and they dropped Saturday's doubleheader six to one and six to three, but uh, rebounded yesterday at at noon uh, to take a five to nothing lead or five to nothing win, I should say, over the thundering herd. So Southern Miss improves to eighteen and sixteen overall. Five and seven uh, in Conference USA. Sarah Van Schaik, Samantha Papp, and Amber Pack all had RBIs to lead. Abby Trahan went the distance through a one-hit complete game shutout. So Trahan, uh, I, that's not I'm not pronouncing her name right. Coach Hogue would correct me here. That's just the only way I know how to pronounce it. But anyway, Abby gets the the win yesterday, and and Golden Eagles will take on South Alabama Wednesday down in Mobile at 6.30 p.m. Golden Eagle men's golf hosting their tournament today out at the Hattiesburg Country Club. Uh, It's all day today going on. And then, of course, uh, baseball and softball taking on South Alabama. Tennis and track and field a little later this week. Track and field going to Auburn this week. So today is April Fool's Day, and and I don't know if if you've pulled a prank on um, someone. Um, Dalton, did anybody try to fire you today and then you know just kind of told you that you were okay, that you were still a valuable employee? Uh, I, I can't say that they have, but then again, you know, Bob just did walk back into the studio, so we may have to see what happens. <laughs> What's the worst April Fool's Day prank ever pulled on you? You know, honestly, I I don't remember. Most of my friends know not to try anything of that because usually when I find out, I smack them. So they usually try to not pull anything on me. But let's let's wait and see what happens. Something may happen this year. Who knows? Hey, there's still uh, still about ten hours left. Oh. You know, it, it's always 
it's always funny um, what happens on April Fool's Day and forgive me i don't even know the uh the reason for the day do you even know why april the first is picked this way uh i don't actually but i'm sure we can find out here in just a second uh let's see april while you're doing that i'll i'll bring us up to date uh with conference usa rpi golden eagles were 38 going in um to this weekend they they fall six spots um, to 44, so Golden Eagles fall to 44. Louisiana Tech next at 61. FAU hops up about eight spots uh, to 91. Rice at 117. UTSA stays at 151, and Old Dominion uh, at 157. That's the top of Conference USA. So Golden Eagles uh, don't slide that much, um, but but win yesterday 14-6 and, and just drop uh, to 44. You found it yet? Well, according to this, and I don't know if this is right or not, some of this stuff dates back to the year 1381 the date of king richard ii of england and without boring everybody or going into this big history lesson apparently it was in reference to something that had happened with one of his court members or something and then uh in 1392 it's referenced in uh joffrey chaucer's the canterbury tales uh in the nun priest's tale and so apparently it was just some kind of big running joke that just kind of i guess escalated and it continues throughout different centuries so april fool's day is the product of a tall tale from canterbury i like it some, some the- i like it resident historian dalton stanford also he pushed all the right buttons today thanks for joining us we'll be back tomorrow and until then southern miss to the top Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.